0: So I'm speaking on, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Not an easy topic, um, but I want to start in a sort of nice place. So we're going to start with gardening, which is my favourite thing. Back in Edinburgh, we had quite a sizeable garden and it backed onto a public park. We were situated at the end of a very leafy, suburban type of cul-de-sac and uh, the houses were built in the early 1990s was lots of mature trees as I've said and they put in a lot of new ones as well Um, and when we moved in the gardens were turfed and uh, fenced and there was a blank canvas before me I was 29 with three little boys and not a lot of gardening experience we decided that this house was going to be our family home and we were going to invest in it and live in it for a long time so we felt justified to uh, get professional gardeners in and landscape it. So I've got some photographs just to set the scene. So this is how it started, big muddy field. Then we got the diggers in and we had a sunken patio put in. And this is our little Ewan, um, about 18 months later, and that's the garden planted out. And then in 2018, when we left, it started to look more like this. So we see all the growth that took place over the years. Gosh, I miss that garden. But yeah, happy memories, happy days. Um, 27 years in that house we had. Anyway, God in his wisdom has now planted us in a little house here in Leamington Spa. And the garden's totally different. It's a patio garden, far more manageable. And um, I've got a photograph of that. So here that is. So that's quite a difference, isn't it? Um, but I I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, the landlady is great because she lets me do what I want to it, uh, knowing that I know what to do. Um, so that's the back garden. I haven't got any photos of the front. But the front, when we moved there, it was just grass. There was no curb appeal. And as you can tell, I'm into curb appeal. Um, so she fortunately allowed me to do what I wanted. So I've now taken away grass, I've put in borders, I've got some lovely mature shrubs. And I've got a bird feeding station in one of them, which gives me lots of entertainment, watching the birds visit for berries as well as fat balls. So my introduction is on gardening because we're looking at the subject of pruning. So we should really open the Bible at this point. So let's look at John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. It's like you get a Bible if you want one, otherwise you just listen. showing yourselves to be my disciples." Now all keen gardeners know that to get more fruit, a better shaped plant and um, a healthier plant, there needs to be a time when you cut off what what looks good now so that it will look even better next year. Did you know that some gardeners even speak to their plants believing that that will make them grow? So can you imagine yourself saying to your plant, gosh, you look lovely, I'm really proud of you, don't you look smart today? I love those flowers. Um, But then picture yourself going up to it and saying, I'm sorry, but this is going to hurt hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Whack! (laughs) And then you say, you know, you'll thank me later. I've just got to do this. It's for your own good. And then you picture the plant saying, "Huh, you don't have a heart. You really must hate me. Do you not appreciate all the work I put into growing those roses for you? But no, you say, it's got to be done. So what's all this got to do with the Christian life? Well, our passage tells us, doesn't it, that God prunes us like he prunes plants. Sometimes we find ourselves in a season when things we used to enjoy stop being possible. Opportunities seem to dry up and disappear. Maybe we become ill. Maybe we get demotivated. Maybe we don't get to use our gifts like we used to or our talents and we feel disaffected. It often happens in church life. But perhaps for you it's happened in your career or your family, maybe even in your recreational life. Were you perhaps a key player in the local tennis club, or on the PTA? Maybe you were busy serving in a variety of ways, but not now. Maybe you used to be the one who was always the go-to person, but nowadays you feel overlooked and sidelined. You know, seasons come and go, and sometimes it's just that simple we move on. But sometimes it's actually a good thing. And he turns us, and he stops us in our tracks for whatever reason he might choose. And I'm sure you've heard people say, I feel like God has stripped everything away from me. I can't understand it. I don't actually like this. I'm fed up with it, and I want it to stop. Are you in a season where perhaps God is saying to you, I mean, where God is saying, do you not love me? Where you are saying to God, sorry, do you not love me anymore? Don't you care about me anymore? Don't you see what's going on in my life right now? We think that God is mad at us, but I'm here today to tell you that actually, no, he isn't, he's not mad at us. One of the major mistakes we as Christians make is that we mix up pruning with punishment. God sees uh, sees you as someone who can bear fruit, someone with lots of potential, someone He wants to utilise in a significant way. He wants you and me to be fruitful, to be as fruitful as we can be. So, like a gardener, He prunes us, and it doesn't feel nice. He lops off some of the things in our lives that He's been blessing us with. Have you perhaps lost a job that you loved? Or a relationship that you loved god may have something better for you and can you trust him do you believe that he's in work, he's at work in your life the bible tells us in philippians 1 verse 7 verse 6 that god who began a good work in us will carry on unto completion so god uses people pressures and problems to bring about great fruitfulness in our lives. Are you aware of any of these three things in your life today? Problems, pressures, people. God can use all sorts of situations in our lives to help us to grow if we will just have the right attitude and let him. He will use a major frustration, maybe a financial setback, a sudden sickness, a broken marriage, a rebellious child or even a broken heart, to get your attention. And maybe, even in my case, having to rent a house when I want to buy one. Yep, I'd like to know what that's all about. And like our chatty plant, you may say, but this is hurting me too much. Will you just let it stop? Well, you know, pruning is, pay- is painful. Sometimes a gardener will prune a tree until it looks like a totem pole or a giant toothpick. It's not a pretty sight. But the pruning process is positive. And as I've already said, God isn't mad at us. In Romans eight, verse one, it says, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that means that God doesn't punish his genuine children. Because Jesus took our punishment on the cross. God's pruning is for the best. It's for more fruitfulness in your life and mine. And I am preaching at myself here. If we refuse to cooperate with God, he will not um, help us to learn from the pruning. In Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23, we have the list of the fruits of the Spirit. How does God bring about these fruits of the Spirit? You know what they are, don't you? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, he produces these qualities by allowing us to face situations and people with exactly the opposite qualities. Qualities couldn't get that word out. He he teaches us to love by putting us around difficult people, and he teaches us patience by letting things frustrate us. So, if we want to be fruitful and move on, how can we cooperate with God? Well, the Bible tells us in one Thessalonians chapter five verses sixteen to eighteen to always be joyful, to never stop praying, and to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for all of us who belong to Christ. Jesus never said that this Christian life was gonna be a walk in the park. We don't just make a decision to become a Christian, then just carry on like we always did. God demands a change in our behavior and attitude. Whenever we feel a bit uncomfortable or guilty, about something it's probably the Holy Spirit pricking away at our conscience and we really shouldn't ignore that because you know all of a sudden God may be pouncing on us with those pruning shears and cutting something off to teach us something to get our attention. Now I can't stand up and do a talk like this and not talk about me because I'm not standing here saying this is what it's like for you it's like that for me too and, I, and I'm you know while I've been writing this and reflecting on the journey I've been on I thought I needed to share this So on a personal note, as I look back over my life, I want to tell you a little testimony about my life. John and I, we were very busy in church life back in the 1990s. We ran a a group for young adults called 2545, which was very unimaginatively named that because it was for people between 25 and 45. I wanted to call it Catch-22, but nobody thought that was a good idea. I will do that. I will have a group one day that's called Catch-22, believe me. Anyway... I was also on the church evangelism committee, and we ran a home group. John was a church deacon, and later on he became an elder. We were in a Baptist church, not in a Church of England. Um, John did these two things whilst also working full time. We had a very busy life, and when I was 34, I suddenly found myself with three little boys under the age of eight having to take in John's elderly father for six months. It was a very difficult time, but the social worker said, ''You're a nurse, you'll be fine.'' Wow. I didn't know what was coming. It was very, very hard. John was, as always, wonderfully supportive, but we just had to get on with it. And eventually, his dad went into a care home after six months. And not long after he'd gone into that care home, I crashed into depression. Over the next 15 to 20 years, John was busy serving in church life, and meanwhile I was busy supporting him by being a busy wife and mum. I worked on the nurse bank of various hospitals on and off over the years, but I also struggled with varying degrees of depression. I thought God had it in for me. I had numerous blocks of Christian counselling. I felt washed up. I definitely felt that God had stripped everything away, and you know what he had? I was doing nothing of consequence in my eyes, apart from being at home. And I felt blocked a lot of the time and felt like, why can't I be me? I never, want, I never knew what me was, to be honest. Anyway, those years were about finding out who I was. Faith is a very personal thing, but when you're brought up in a Christian home like I was, my dad was a preacher. He wasn't a minister, but he was a preacher and very involved in, his, in church. It felt to me like my faith was second-handed if it had been passed down to me. And I didn't really know what I believed and why I believed it. I had to find my own way. And we went through a lot of um, spaghetti junction, shall we say, of going, trying this church, trying that church, going back to the original one. I mean, people just thought, oh, that's the McKellas again, you know. Julian's off on a travel, being nomadic. And I was, but it's a process. People didn't understand what was going on in my head and my heart. Um, it was a difficult time. But anyway, God um, led us to a Word and Spirit church. Now, the people we knew from the churches that I'd brought up in were like, oh, I don't want to go down the charismatic route, you know, stay away from that lot. Uh, but I ignored them, and we went to this Word and Spirit church. And God dealt with me in ways I would never have been open to had we stayed where we were. God did things in my life in that church that had a direct effect on us moving to Leamington Spa and coming to this church and John picking up his job as operations director. I would never have believed I'd be standing here speaking to you and leading worship had anyone told me during those difficult years. So take heart. If life is tough and you can't understand what's going on, hang in there. Because God's got a plan There's a little mantra that I used to quote to myself in those dark days. I used to be driving around, taking the boys to rugby and all the rest of it. And I used to be saying to myself, God works in ways we cannot see, but he will make a way for me. You know, and it took a very long time, but eventually I think he has made a way for me. He's working his purpose out for his glory, not ours. So ask yourself, is God pruning me? And if so, how? And why? So I want to end by playing a song by Casting Crowns called Who Am I? I felt that perhaps I might have stirred something up in all of you by this topic. Um, Preaching is supposed to convict, challenge and motivate, but it's also meant to comfort. And there was a a theologian years ago, I I don't quite know which one it was, he once said that Uh, preaching is meant to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed so I'm sorry if I've disturbed you Um, so I just want to end with this song because it reminds us that Jesus knows us completely and he knows what he's doing in our lives even if it doesn't make much sense to us so let it minister to to you especially if you feel there is a storm going on in your life that you don't understand so let's listen to um, to this song um and then we'll look at some questions okay right daniel
1: would choose to light the way for my ever-wandering heart. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who Catch me when I'm falling story.
0: Um, I just thought as well while listening to that song you know sometimes when the the gardener prunes a branch the sap comes out the the plant cries and the gardener binds that wound with resin and with Hessian perhaps some some of the words in that song combined us in the same way We are wounded when we are pruned, but the the wounding has a purpose to heal us from whatever it is that's going on deep inside us that we either know or don't understand. So we've got some questions for the groups um, to look at, but let's pray first of all. Lord and Heavenly Father, I just wanna thank you for this opportunity to speak up for you for what you might be doing in all our lives. Thank you, Lord for that song, how you calm the storm in us, how you know us so intimately and that you died on the cross for us to give us a future, to give us life with you. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing in each one of us. And just pray now, Lord, as we go into our grips and discuss what we've heard today, that Lord, you would just minister to each one of us and just Help us to see what you're saying to us. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.